Hey, listen, 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 listen. Uh, I worked for Pastor Micah. I was, you know, many of you know my story. I uh, born and raised in a, uh, my, my dad, mom and dad are pastors and all of us serve a ministry. But you really wouldn't know me and my wife if it wasn't for this particular individual. I met him when I was young and he brought me on his staff. I was with him for about 10 years, served in many different capacities over the years. And uh, I'm very thankful for his influence in my life over the years and as it continues to move forward. So here's what I want you to do. You guys know you amen, you clap, you respond. But I want you to put your hands together, let him know that you're glad to see him in Columbus, Mississippi. What's up, Vibrant Church? You glad to be in God's presence tonight? Will you do me a favor before you're seated? It is Pastor Appreciation Month, and I know that you love Lena Boggs and Ethan Boggs and Judah and Lily like I do. Will you let your pastors know how much you love them? You can be seated tonight. I greatly not only appreciate pastors Ethan and Lena, but Angel and I, that is my wife, we are so proud of them. Every time we hear reports of people that are going, whether or not it's new VIPs and guests and getting rooted and planted, or we hear about baptisms, hear about the growth, and it is just, I know we're in Ohio, but Angel and I are celebrating everything that God is doing through pastors Ethan and Lena and uh, just so thankful for them. I love the team here. When I, when I come, I, we've gone, we, uh, Angel and I, when, when we go different places and stuff, you know, you love being able to meet the team and the people there. I feel like the connections I've had here, you know, started with Pat and a lot of the elders and leaders in conversations at times for hours and, growing in those relationships to then taking trips to Israel uh, with some of your staff and team that went, and then who couldn't love people like Jill and uh, Lindsay, and, and so when I come here, honestly, every hug mattered last night, today, uh, just when different ones are walking in the room. I love your staff and team. You guys are so blessed, uh, and I know you know that, but you guys are very, very blessed, and since I've been here, I love sports, but they told me Vibrant 1 and Vibrant 2 is in the championship tomorrow night. They, they tell me Vibrant 2 has defied the odds, uh, and they have made it to the championship game, and uh, I've, I've had several guys tell me already that they are saying Vibrant 2 is going all the way for the upset win uh, over Vibrant 1, so... I almost changed my plane ticket, I'm not kidding. I was like, I think I need to stay and see this. This is a big deal. Uh, since I've been here last, uh, I have turned 50. In June, I turned 50 years old. And statistics, statistics show that those who have the most birthdays uh, live the longest. Um, <laughs> My wife tells me I'm getting old uh, and mainly because I have just in the last couple of months, I have put two swings up in trees around my house and wind chimes. Uh, and my wife is like, babe, you are getting, you are getting old. Um, but different people have been giving me advice. If, for those of you 50 and above, if you have some advice before I leave here tonight, talking to the staff tomorrow, I'm taking all advice that people uh, wanna give me right now. I, I had someone tell me that once you turn 50, your back will go out more than you do. Um, but you know, some, someone else was sharing with me that once you get 50, uh, you, you'll just get random aches and pains. Someone told me that you can actually go to bed healthy and wake up injured. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> it is great to see you all. I wanna read tonight from John chapter eight, and I would like to talk to you on this subject. Just drop it. Can we say that together? Just. Can we say it one more time? Just, just drop it. Did everyone get your rock coming in? Did you get your rock coming in? Uh, John chapter number eight. 
want to share with you something. I've not even shared this with our church, with StorySide, but even today at the hotel, just continuing to take notes and things in this passage jumping out to me and just really want to believe that the Holy Spirit is going to speak to us tonight on a first Wednesday. Amen. Glad you're here. John chapter 8, Jesus went unto the Mount of Olives, and early in the morning he came again into the temple, and all the people came unto him, and he sat down and taught them. And the scribes and Pharisees brought unto him, just notice those three words, they brought unto him, they brought unto him. Think about this, because they're bringing her to stone her, but without even knowing it, they're actually bringing her to salvation. They brought unto him a woman taken in adultery, and when they had set her in the midst, if we just press pause right here, it's not just who they bring. If you're taking notes mentally or your phone, even old school pen to paper, it's not just, when we read this, they're bringing to him a woman caught in the act of adultery, but it's not just who they bring, it's also it's also what they bring. And it is going to be, if you're taking notes, take note of this, it's going to be very important that they leave both with the Lord. It's going to be important that the woman is left to the Lord, and it's going to be important that the stones, that the rocks, Verse four, they say unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery, the very act. Now Moses and the law commanded us that such, everyone say the law. Now here we're talking about God's law. Maybe you would say, Micah, you've heard of Murphy's law. Murphy's law, anything that can go wrong will go wrong. Have you heard of Cole's law? It's thinly sliced cabbage. Um, <laughs> That's the worst joke I've ever told. No, I'm not. <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. That's the worst joke I've ever told. That's not funny. <laughs> so we have God's law that they are playing on, the Son of God. They are saying, Moses and the law commanded us that such should be stoned. What, what sayest thou? This they said, tempting him, that they might have to accuse him, but Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, he that is without sin among you, let him first cast the stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground, and they which heard it being convicted by their own conscience. They went out, not together, not in a group, they came in a group. I know I'm just stepping you through this, but I want you to see that when they left, they went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last, and Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? And she said, There's not one left. Not one. No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin. I love just referring to verse 11 as grace with guidance, right? Go and sin no more. In our time together tonight, as we step through these 11 verses, when we look at this passage, we can see that this problem, we, we know it as adultery, but this problem has gone public. It's a public problem. It's one thing in life when you have assumptions. You might have assumptions right now about someone. You would say, when I'm around them, it just doesn't feel right. There's just something that's off. 
Maybe it's a gut feeling, an intuition, an instinct, but it's, it's an assumption. It's totally different in life when the assumption actually is proven because now we have the action. And this woman with this public problem is put in the midst or in the middle, and it's not just a mishap or a mistake. Jesus is going to tell us in verse number 11 exactly what it is, and it's a sin. Now, I know in 2023, a lot of times people don't really want to call anything sin anymore. There is sin. And Jesus, even in this moment of grace, unashamedly, unapologetically, is going to say, he's going to identify, this is sin. Adultery is sin. Now when we look at verse five and six, we have a group of men that have the law, they are trying to tempt him, to accuse him. You have this woman who is caught in sin. I would like you to maybe think, because they set her in the middle, I would like you to think tonight that no, not only is she caught in sin, but now she's actually caught in the crossfire. She's caught in the middle of their controversy. So religion is going to begin to have this conversation and this woman who's caught in the act is now also caught in the middle. There are a lot of times in life that you and I can get caught in the middle. In 33 years, some form of ministry, I went to Bible college in 1990, I began to think even today of all of the times, all of the things that I am aware of where someone has been caught in the middle, in the middle of friends fighting or parents splitting up, caught in the middle of workplace, drama and division. Or I have witnessed even people caught in the middle of church controversy. This woman has enough going on. Her problem has gone public. She has a group of men that have intentions of stoning her. And in the middle of that, we have God's grace that shows up. Not only does he stoop down one time, if you were to think in your life about the lowest point in your life, if you were to say, okay, Pastor Tommy, I want you to tell me what's the lowest point in your life. Pat, I want you to tell me what was the lowest point in your life. Josiah, I want you to tell me the lowest point. Maybe some of you would begin to share with me, well, Pastor Micah, it's when I went through depression, or Pastor Micah, it's when my family member died, or Pastor Micah, it's when I got caught up in this addiction or this habit, I was so depressed, I wasn't sure I wanted to live. That was the lowest point in my life. Just in this room, also online, I'm sure the answer's the responses that people would give me of the time in your life that you needed God to stoop down to the low point of your life. The Bible says in this story, he stoops down two times. Some would say that when he stooped down because it has been something that has been preached on, debated, discussed for years, my rabbi friend has shared with me that some believe the reason he stooped down because it was just a moment of recollection of creation. 
that when God is forming humanity out of the dust and dirt of the ground, that there's just a revisitation of this moment of God and the dirt. Some people have preached and taught that maybe he's writing the sins of these men down, writing their wrongs. Tonight, for First Wednesday, what I want to draw your attention to is the part, the pivotal part of the story where Jesus says to them, he that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. Up until this moment, if we were to reread those 11 verses, up until this moment in the story, everything has been they and them. But you and I can hide behind they and them. When it's they and them, we could say things like, well, you know how teenagers are nowadays. Everybody's doing it, and we can just slide in and hide behind they and them. When we say, well, Pastor Micah, nowadays, you know the way marriage is, and you know the pressure of expenses and monies and legalities and logistics, and you know it almost makes sense just to live together. Everybody's doing it. And you can just slide behind they and them. Everyone cheats on taxes. Everyone cuts corners. Everyone, you know Pastor Micah, they're just constantly robbing and taking from us. Everybody's doing it. We just slide in behind they and them. 90% of men look at porn. One out of every four women, Pastor Micah, everybody. And Jesus is going to take them from they and them to you. Not five, six, seven hundred people, you. Let him. I know you came as a group effort. All the students are sitting together, but God said, I know you guys came together just for a moment. I want to talk to you. Can you imagine, Pastor Aaron, in that moment, the hearts of these men begin to race a little bit, just like it would have with him, when he's like, why did I even come? Because when we're in the them and they, oh, we can slip in, and it's really not a big deal. But when the Holy Spirit begins to make it about you and God, the Bible says in this moment of hearing the words of Christ, let him, 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 let him that is without sin, let him. And the Bible says in that moment that they were convicted in their own conscience. Their own conscience. This is not a group thing. This is now a moment of personal reflection. I wonder what they were thinking. Because when I came, I had cover. But now God just blew my cover. I wonder in their mind if they're fast-forwarding life and regrets and failures and mistakes. 
You know, the psalmist put it this way, search, search me, O oh God. I know what everyone else may be doing, but search me. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there's any wicked way in me. We had communion tonight. One of the encouragements for communion is that a man would examine himself. This is what is happening in this moment. We don't know how long this moment lasted. We don't know what is going through their minds. All we know is that all of a sudden, one guy <laughs> drops his rock. Now I want you to think about that particular moment. Someone gets the idea to just drop it. Drop the judgment, drop the criticism, drop the comparing. He's the initiator. He's the starter. He is the beginning. Now I want to press pause on the passage and I just want you to think about what if you in your life right now you are the first. The first. The first in your school. The ministry. The outreach. The reviving of your school. What if you were the first? Think about it, what if you were the first in the locker room? The first on the team? The first to say, let's pray. The first to say, what if we all get together and come to First Wednesday? The first on your job, your workplace, your life group. What if you were the first one when the group is together and they start talking negative? and they start being critical, and you spoke up and said, you know what, I don't think we should talk like that. I don't think we should say that. And you are the, the first at prayer, the first at praise, the first at the altar. You know, all of us in that group mindset could think, you know what, if people go, then I'm gonna go. If they raise their hands, well, then I'm gonna raise my hands. But what about if God called you to be the first? Maybe God is stirring in your spirit, starting a ministry that is new, that is fresh, Something in the church where you're like, Pastor Ethan, I just really feel that God is wanting. What if there is something first stirring up on the inside of you? What if you're supposed to be the first in your family? Maybe others the first in generosity. That you would be like, I mean, I don't know a number, but, but maybe you're like, you know what? I want to be the first one to give a million dollars towards the debt of Vibrant Church. I want to be the first, the first business leader, the first business owner. There's something about the first. And then the Bible says one by one, I'm closing, but one by one, one by one, one, the eldest goes first, why, why the eldest? I don't know if we really know the answer. Pat, why the eldest? I mean, I, I wonder if you hear this cliche mentioned, Tyler, where people will say, I'm too old for this. <laughs> How many's ever heard that before? Like, I'm too old for this. I mean, you come as the group, that they and them, now the Holy Spirit is working and Jesus is saying, we're going from they and them to you. 
and you're like, I'm too old for this. <laughs> Goodbye. You know, when you've been around this for a while, you don't have time for drama. You don't have time for division. You know the roller coaster of ministry and church, and you're like, I don't have time for all of that stuff. I wonder, I wonder if the, the oldest, the eldest, I wonder if he started thinking, what if this was my daughter? I have three daughters. It's changed my perspective on life. Women serving, their confidence. I love my girls. I wonder if this oldest is thinking in this moment with this tattered, broken woman who has her problem in public display. I wonder if he starts thinking in that holy moment like, what if that's my daughter? Oh, I can't stay here and do this. Some say it's because he lived the longest. And when Jesus said, you without sin, his mind started telling him all the stuff he had done, and he's like, I'm, I'm leaving. <laughs> they say with Saul, who was miraculously changed to Paul, that he started with saying things like, I'm the chief of the apostles. After a while, he said, I'm the least of the apostles. When he's winding down and mentoring young leaders, he's like, I'm the chief of sinners. You know, sometimes you live long enough to get to the point where you're like, if it wasn't for God's grace in my life, I would never make it. I would never survive. If it wasn't for Jesus. For whatever reason it was, the oldest, the eldest, he's like, I'm, I'm done, I'm gone, I'm out of here. I wanna close with this. The Bible says one by one they leave, they continue to drop their rocks. Just one by one, they're just dropping the rocks. And it doesn't say that they go in age order. Doesn't say the oldest guy goes first and then two grades down and then the third in line. No, that's not what it says. It does say the eldest went first. But then it says that it comes down to, not the youngest, the last. Can, we, can you say that with me tonight, on site and online? Just say it out loud, the last. Can we say it again? Imagine this moment where the last is getting a grip on the rock, squeezing the stone. I wonder if he's, I mean, it's not a crowd anymore. It's not they and them. It's him, Jesus, and the woman. I wonder if he's glancing at God and scowling at her. I wonder if he has a moment where he has a stare down with the Savior. What's he thinking? He's surrounded by rocks, surrounded by stones, and here he is. I wonder what's going through his mind. Is he thinking that the others just let things go too easily? Is he feeling that the others, maybe they moved on too quickly? Oh, you got her up here singing two months after her mess up? Oh, you got him plugged in that quick? Oh, we're just gonna get together for family at Thanksgiving now, is that what we're doing? I wonder what's going through his mind. Is his masculinity, his pride, is it telling him that you look weak if you let it go? Does he feel like he needs to finish what he started? I mean, we, we can't let this woman get away with this, can we? I've heard some say that they believe the last, not the youngest, the last, the last, the last. I've heard some say they believe the last was the husband. 
if you've ever been around divorce and breakup and affairs and cheating and separation and I could see there possibly being some legitimacy to it because there's very few things in life that can hurt up, stir up hate like hurt. I don't know who the last guy was, but he stays and he stares and he has the stone. I, I mean, I've held this just for a moment or two. I'm wondering if this guy, if, if it's almost like he's starting to sweat, like his palms are literally sweating in this stare down with the Savior. But it's not just John 8. It's not just John 8 that has a man holding on to something he should let go of. I've watched it in church. I've seen it on staff. You could be sitting on your sofa right now, stone in hand. Oh, I know it's not physically, but spiritually, you just walk around I've seen it in boardrooms, on committees. I've seen it in failing marriages. You talk about mistakes that happened five or 10 years ago like they happened five minutes ago. I don't know who I came to Mississippi for, but I do believe wholeheartedly it could be in this room right now. We're getting ready to pray, but here's the thing. If you hold this for a minute or two, it's not much. Hold it for an hour. Hold it for a day. Some of you have been holding stuff for years. You won't let that church denomination go. You won't let that church go, that last pastor, that last elder, that last deacon, that last teacher, that last job. Pastor Micah, you don't know my ex. You don't know. And this guy, while person after person after person after person has walked away, He's still standing. There's always a last to leave, a last to let go, a last to change, a last to drop it. I ask you a question tonight as we get ready to pray. What are the rocks that you refuse to release? Now, I want to submit something to you. I've not read this. I've not heard this. I just want to submit it to you and you think about it. What if the story is waiting on the one last guy? What if the stooping, sand-riding Savior is waiting on the last man to walk away? You say, Pastor Micah, how's that even possible? Because the question, the culmination of the story is, is there anyone still condemning you? And she's going to say, no man, Lord. So we can't get to verse 10 and verse 11 unless this guy. And then it makes you wonder, what could happen if you stopped holding on to it? Maybe the Holy Spirit could convict you right now to think, what are you holding up? What are you in the way of? 
I mean, this woman is going to get out of the dirt. She's going to get a second chance. She's going to go and sin no more, at least attempt to follow God's plan after, after, after. I know it's heavy. I don't know how long you've held it. I, I know it's a heavy thought for us to think on a first Wednesday, but what if there was a revival? What if there was a son or daughter? What if there was a family? What if there was something in your business? What if there's something that God is saying, the only missing piece, the moment you let this thing hit the ground, I'm gonna turn it around and I'm gonna do something miraculous and grace-filled and reviving, but you have to, you gotta drop it. What if it won't shift until you let go? Here you are in a stare down with the Holy Spirit. Here you are wrestling with God's word. You're trying to get a better grip on it. God is saying, you don't need a better grip. You need to drop it. So what is it? What was his name? What was her name? Who was the spiritual leader? Who stabbed you in the back? Come on, let's go to it. What is it that you continue to hold on that, that maybe you can hide behind the they and them, but if it's just you and Jesus right now? And on a first Wednesday, you could set something in motion at Vibrant Church. You could set someone free. You could spark something personally and corporately. And it's not even 10 steps to or seven keys to a turnaround. It's one thing. What is it? You say it doesn't feel fair. It doesn't feel right. No, Jesus clarified what she'd done was not fair and right. It was sin. So no one is saying that they deserve for you to drop it. We're just saying that this story is not just about the woman, it's about all of us. It's all of us. As you close, as you close your eyes, if you have your rock, would you just hold it in your hand right now? I think you all have one. If you would just hold it in your hand right now. I would love for this to be a holy moment right now. Like I said, I've not, I've not even preached this at Storyside. I, at, the ho, at the hotel today, I kept se several things I kept sensing, but one was there is a church denomination that someone needs to forgive. And I know it sounds out there, but several times I kept feeling it. Someone needs to drop the offense, the hurt, the hate towards a church denomination. I also felt at the hotel today that some of you, your sons and daughters, are going to be affected long-term. I wrote it in my notes, they're gonna be affected long-term if you don't drop it. I don't know what it is. Here's something else I wrote in my notes today that some of you have stooped back down to start to pick stones up. Something was said or done to you and even this week, you're stooping down to pick a stone back up again. I'm asking with every eye closed in the room to let the love of God and the grace of God, the same grace that God had for the woman he had for these men. He showed them grace by saying, Think about your life. Think about your sin. Think of what you've been through. And the moment God's grace went to work in their lives, they're like, oh, I, I need to leave. I've got to go. As you hold that stone, I want you to think about whatever it is or whoever it is 
and in the quietness of his presence right now, I want you to think about the decision, the choice to just, come on, help me, just, just drop it. Maybe for some of you, 13 minutes after eight, maybe for some of you, could even be a spiritual offense. I've met people who have been mad at God, mad at the church. What is it that you need to drop right now at 813? And I wanna pray for you. Once you have something in your mind, I don't see anyone looking around, but once you have something or someone in your mind, sometimes we don't wanna admit that there's anything there. It might be a little leaven, a little fox. It's just been eating at you. It's just been irritating you. But the best thing you could do in God's presence tonight is just drop it. Once you have something or someone in mind, would you just hold that stone up to God? I'm gonna pray for you, thank you. Hands are going up all over the room. Just keep it raised long enough for me to pray for you. Thank you, students. Students, hands going up. Hands are still going up. Just hold it up there. Why don't you tell God in your own words right now, God, tonight I drop it. Tonight I let it go. I've probably held on to this longer than I should have. I could have been the first. I could have been the initiator. I could have started it. I know it's the last and here I am still holding it. But tonight, I feel the Holy Spirit even saying it tonight on a first Wednesday. I'm gonna drop it. I'm gonna drop it for the sake of our future. I'm gonna drop it for the sake of the anointing. Let a man, let a woman examine themselves. On a first Wednesday, God, we're asking, search me, know me, try me. I drop it tonight. What they said, what they done, I drop it in Jesus' name. I'm gonna ask you to take this rock home with you. I'm gonna ask you to put it, your truck, your car, your SUV, your desk, your nightstand. But every time that stirs up again, you say, Micah, why would you have us do that? Because Jesus himself said, when it comes to forgiveness, this thing could be 70 times seven. Every time you feel that coming back, remind yourself, I dropped that thing. I'm not gonna stir on it. I'm not gonna rehash it. I dropped it at first Wednesday. God, I thank you tonight for your grace and mercy in our lives. Help us not to get rocks of religion. Help us not to get so stirred where we think somehow we don't need that same grace, that same mercy whether it's communion, a song, a sermon, a prayer like this, that every one of us would say, God, if it was not for your grace, where would I be? It was not for your mercy. I'm not gonna have a rock collection. Not gonna have a rock collection. Who I'm upset about, who I'm mad about, who hurt me, who crossed me. God, I'm gonna live a life that drops it. Drop it. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we stand all over the room tonight? Come on, are you thankful for God's grace in your life? You thankful for God's mercy? God, help us to live a life that drops it in Jesus' name. Amen. I've carried a burden. Come on, thank you, Jesus. For too thank long you, on my own. I wasn't created to bear it alone. I hear your invitation to let it all go. Yeah, I see it now, I'm laying it down, and I know that I need you. Come on. So I run to the Father, I fall into grace, 
Jesus. Somebody say drop it. Are you thankful for that word from Pastor Micah tonight? What a word. We're going to transition. Pastor Tommy's coming in a moment, but before we go, I was on the front and I said, someone needs to go first. Someone needs to go first. Just, I don't, I just want to do this this altar is open for someone who wants to go first. Say, you know what, I'm leaving my ex at the altar. I'm leaving my disappointments at the altar. I'm leaving my pain, here they come, they're already coming first. I know, I know that you may feel like I'm second or third or fourth, but you're telling your, your legacy I'm coming first. You're telling your future I'm coming first. As he begins to lead us in worship again, tell your past I'm coming first. Come on with hands raised all over the room. You saw my condition. I know it's a school night, but I feel like God's touching somebody. Had a plan from the start. Hey. I'm coming first. Your son for redemption. Hey. The prize for my heart. I'm dropping it. I'm dropping it. I'm dropping it. And I don't have a contact. I drop it. Tonight I drop it. 
Tonight I drop it. Tonight I drop it. on the last rock to drop. Mm. I love that. God's ready to look and say, where are those who accuse you? And he said, she said back, no man. Pastor Micah said, he's waiting on the last rock to drop so that he could show his favor and his grace and I believe this is just the beginning for some of you. It's almost like you could hear it in the spirit. Rocks falling all around the room. It's a new day. Walk out of this place. You may have to drop it again tomorrow, but tonight we drop it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for this evening. As Pastor Tommy comes to close in just a moment, the worship team are gonna to continue to lead us as they are dismissed in a moment. But Father, I believe this was an ordained night for somebody in this place. And they're in this room and they're watching online and you interrupted their story and you moved them from them and they and you got their attention and you got their conscience and I pray tonight the rocks will begin to drop in their personal lives. I pray the rocks begin to drop in our church. I pray the rocks begin to drop in our serve teams. I pray there's a freedom, a letting it go. The past, bury the past. Let the dead bury the dead. The best days are yet to come in Jesus' name. Come on all over the room. Give God big praise. I'll fall into grace. Hey. I'm done with.